Welcome everyone you were listening to and perhaps watching Hot Sauce Sports. I'm your host, Pease Delariz. I am joined by a different voice, different face, different wow. voice. Yeah, yeah, it's a great start to the show. Start off on a... It is getting closer and closer to Christmas, so I am getting more and more inebriated, trying to fill myself with Christmas spirits, of course. Uh, Duke, our graphite, joins us oh, this boy. week. He's replacing Terry. How's it going in the world of pretty pictures? Not bad, man. It's not bad. Why, why isn't Terry here tonight? Give me his excuse. Um, I, it has something to do with large amounts of pornography. Knew it. Knew it. He's, uh, he's dicked out. Yeah. Speaking of dicked out, uh, of course, our producer, <laughs> Eagle and Master Control, will be appearing on the show now and again. And, of course, making sure that nothing catches fire. Eagle, I am waiting for Duke to turn blurry again so he can yell at the fact that it's his camera and not his internet. Even oh, though it's I, clearly I, his internet. I spent so much money on my internet and my camera. It's unacceptable when it's blurry. I cannot, I cannot accept it. Well, I mean, so far so good. You, you're streaming. You look really clear. I do like it. Uh, nice, hopefully, man. I try my best. I try my best. Hopefully, it stays that way. Um, the Ritz Carlton. Well, it's, it's all the is, porn, man. That's what it comes sorry. Out. It's all the porn. It is all the porn. Uh, mostly Terry's. The uh, the Ritz Carlton's under some fire this week after uh, they they had a campaign go viral where. Uh, for every Instagram share, and, and everyone I know basically did this, myself included, uh, every share of the Instagram story uh, meant that they were going to donate a toy to the Montreal Children's Hospital. Wow. Uh, and they got so many that they realized they could not afford uh, to keep buying, uh, to keep giving away these toys. So they changed the wording in, in, their, uh, in their charity giveaway. And since then, people are furious because... It's it's one thing to make this kind of promise and say, hey, you know what, we really care about people. But then it really puts into focus what you're actually trying to do. And, and kind of like the ugly side of it rears its ugly head. And this corporation who's doing something, like either way, the, it's it's doing something very charitable. But now it feels like you're taking to- toys away from children. See, I, I think I think it was the wrong flex. What they should have done is probably go with a cheaper toy. Kind of like what, with, uh, what they did with Firefest with the... Uh, with the, uh, the the sleeping bag beds, everybody expected a luxurious tent, and then they just got like a rescue tent, you know. So what they should have done is like slice of toast. That's it. You know what I mean? Like you, you still provide, but you got to just lower the lower the type of toy. They probably start off with Transformers toys, and they went. They got to just go down to Chinese knockoffs or something. Yeah, I was gonna what? say like order a million units from China of the same thing, <laughs> and just be like, here, you get yeah. one, and you get one, and the whole stuff. Yeah. Also, Ritz Carlton, Ritz Carlton not having money—that's laughable. Also, yeah, you know, Ritz Carlton, uh, haven't you heard of Alibaba like the rest of us? Um, <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, um, it got me thinking, actually, because, you know, as you get older, Christmas gets less and less exciting. Um, yeah. You know, you start getting excited about getting socks and you start getting excited about, right. um, you know, the a new charger for your phone because, yeah. you know. Your, your old one charges slower. You lost it or left it in a hotel if you're this guy. Uh, probably in a Ritz Carlton. Um, <laughs> yeah, give away my charger. How about that? How about the charger you said you didn't find? Give that away. Um, so I want to go around the room. And you mentioned Transformers. That was a good one. I, I got a uh, When I was a kid, I got a steel Transformer one year from Christmas. And I want to know. Uh, I have another one, too, I want to talk about. I want to go around the room and talk to you guys about uh, what your favorite Christmas memories, or but specifically the toys memories. Like, I don't care about your families. I don't care about your religious experiences. Give me the best toys you got when you were a kid. I'll, go, I'll start with the worst one, just because okay. I'm going to go the opposite of what you said. Okay. Uh, there was one year that our grandma gave, uh, she, they gave me a, uh, a big box of cabbage, and I was expecting something much better, much bigger. And it was a big, big, big box. And I think there's a photo somewhere of it, but... Yeah, you, you were uh, very upset. I was free. I was such a, I was a little boy, you know. I was really bad that year, you know, and uh, and I'll never forget just opening that thing. And, and I still don't need cabbage. I mean, I do, but I mean, it took me a long time to get around to get past that. The Millennium Falcon, I'd say, probably the best one on my end. Yeah, that I think that's the one. That was a great one because it was like one of those Millennium Falcons was pretty big. I mean, it was like pizza size, like bigger than bigger than a little boy, you know. And uh, you can really go inside and open up the top and see the inside of the Millennium Falcon. So. I think that's maybe the highlight for me. You? I mean, Eagle, whoever's next. I uh, I have a disappointing story, actually. Um, <laughs> I, kid, I, I like, so 
I like to I like to build things. So I love like Lego sets. I love things that you can like you know put things together. Even now when I play games, I just like like you know the whole build explore type of stuff. So for years, and I say years, from probably like seven years old to about thirteen, when Santa suddenly disappeared and stopped giving me shit. Um, every year, I asked for the Connects roller coaster. And if you're not familiar with what it is, this is what it looks like. It was an eight-foot-tall nice. roller coaster, right, with a mechanical thing, yeah. so you can make it spin and basically do the whole loop-de-loop. And literally every year for Christmas, I asked for it every year, and every year I got connects, just never the roller coaster. Like I got like a motorcycle, I got a dinosaur, I got Lego sets before they started becoming ridiculously overpriced like they are today. But I was always disappointed. Like, it was just that thing. I'd come downstairs, I'd look under the tree, and I'd be like, that's not a fucking roller coaster. God damn it. And I actually almost bought it a few years ago. I went on eBay, and I saw that people were selling it, and I came very close to getting it just to justify myself. And then I said, what the fuck am I going to do with a roller coaster made at Connects nowadays? So I decided not to, but I'm still tempted every now and then. Um, I was going to ask Man, so you, you, like, because, like, like, you're a dude of means. You uh you produce two very small podcasts. Uh, couldn't you buy yourself a roller coaster? I like oh, <laughs> an actual roller coaster. That would be pretty cool, honestly. But yeah, that would be. Awesome. I kind of feel. No, I, mean, I kind of feel like. Be. I kind of feel like you were an annoying child. You um, I wouldn't yeah. say I was annoying, but I was definitely oh, an were, asshole. So you I guess nothing has changed. They were like, "Would your family say like, like, let's just leave on site." Um, so I got, I got, I got two. I got, um, I got here. I got a great toy, and I got, um, I got me being disappointing. So it's 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 win win for the audience. <laughs> so, um, the toy first of all was I got a talk boy, and I used to love the talk boy because a it was awesome from Home Alone. It was this device that can you know Kevin McAllister had. He would record his voice. So I used to take it, and specifically when like no one was home or, or, or uh, I can find a minute to myself and I go to the bathroom and I would take the newspaper because that's how old I am, the newspaper. I would take wow. the box scores of the sports section and pretend to record my own radio show or pretend to be on Sports Center and listen back to the tapes uh, on the talk board. So that's, that, was my, that was my favorite gift that I got. Um, Man, that's what, what I would pay for that. What I'd pay that's, for that I know, now. seriously, right? <laughs> the, the early podcast from Peas. The best, the best part is Eagle. Like you've come to know my sensibilities now. Imagine like my enthusiasm back then for box scores and what the Miami Dolphins have done to me as a sports fan to to to, to lead me so far astray. Um, now, I would not the, be pleased. Do you have any of those recordings still, or they're all gone? I don't know where they are. There's no way I can find them. See, that would be fun because I have some shit that we did when we were like experimenting way back when, and every now and then I like to hear it just to tell myself, "Oh my god, we're so dumb," and then I realize nothing has changed. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, the 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 time I was disappointing, I was dating a girl, and um, I hated back in the day for whatever reason. I just hated getting cards. I hated getting birthday cards, Christmas cards, and at her birthday, I got her a. I didn't get her a birthday card. I just got her a gift. And she basically told me she was disappointed she didn't get a card, and the card is very important to her. Um, and then uh, for Christmas, I remembered at the last minute to get her a card, so I ran into the pharmacy, got her a card, and then wrote the card on my steering wheel, to which she responded <laughs> to by saying, "You wrote and you're left-handed, and you're left-handed." So I can just imagine how messy that oh, was. Oh, it was a disaster. It, was, it looked awful. And she says, "Well, you wrote this in the card, didn't you?" I said, "Well, no, no, no. Come on, I wouldn't do that." And then she says, well, are you lying or did you write this in the car? And then at that point, I knew the relationship was over. And it, it, oh, true enough, finished. shortly after the holidays, the relationship was done. I now get cards way in advance and uh, and write them out way in advance because I learned a life lesson that day. This is how to disappoint women. And I've been disappointing them ever since. Now I just do it in advance. Uh, <laughs> so we have, a, we have a new segment, Duke, that we debuted last week. Right. This segment is uh, we take a look at football. We uh, acquaint ourselves with the game as we're watching. We in the we we uh, take part in a substance that is now legal uh, in our fine province of Quebec, and we record our observations. This segment is, of course, called NFL Blitzed. Sorry, I don't understand. What are we supposed to be taking? We should be a bit more clear about it. Waiting on the sound. Well, it's it's playing. <laughs> It played all right. Thank you. Um, I, I have so, no idea. I don't know. Duke, uh, yeah. what were your observations during NFL Blitz? Okay, so that's pretty good. 
so uh, the game, as you know, was like uh, it was like a Tuesday night game. Tuesdays, I'm usually pretty tired. I probably pass out usually like uh, like nine, ten p.m. So anyway, I'll just start it off. So I was taking notes on my phone, as you know, right? So I started with this. I was watching the game. It started. I think I won't fall asleep. Black Ravens jerseys are my faves. C.D. Lamb has thick, has sick thighs. Then I wrote, I want chicken thighs. Then I wrote, God, I hate Andy Dalton. I just got mad at him, and Sarah doesn't know why. I called him that snooty fuckface redhead. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I haven't. Lamar is so fast. Aikman, get off Dalton's dick. Okay, then I was Ruggs, Malcolm Brown, rookie interception. Uh, I guess that I, I'm trying to remember that play. I think it was like Brown had a ball, had on a ball, and it went flying behind him. It was an interception, and that was what happened to Ruggs. So I remember seeing that. Then I wrote, "Why don't players have long hair anymore?" No idea what that means. No idea. I don't even know Ricky what Williams, player. Just like. Good old Ricky Williams, man, it's getting pulled down by the dreadlocks. So. I think it was a tight end. I think now well, there's Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson was wearing a. Luke Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. He has his hair long now. Um, so then, I got one. Then, uh, okay, go ahead. No, I'm not finished. I'm not finished. I'm not finished. My mistake. Then I go. This is. Uh, I think I will fall asleep. Sarah wants to watch Queer Eye. How do you convince her to watch Dalton? <laughs> <laughs> you got to. You got to bring him to the Fab Five. Get him. Uh, get him uh, fixed up. Holy shit, Lamar. Then it goes CD Lamb chicken thighs. Number 11 on Rav's jersey, Raven's jersey. Looks weird. The typeface is too fat. I don't know, something about the typeface. Uh, Aikman sucking on that Dallas Chong. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Cowboys can't tackle. And then the last one is maybe I won't fall asleep at halftime. I fell asleep at halftime. So that's, uh, that's how it happened. There we go. That was, that was your notes from the first half of the game. Well covered, by the way. There's nobody in the media... Covering yeah, this game better than you no did. There's no notes All in I know is that for certain you're getting chicken thighs on your next grocery run. That's one thing for sure. Yeah. Uh, we know that's what's happening. Um, so I started thinking of um, the first time I was in the desert, just driving in Arizona. Um, nice. And ending up at a truck stop. And this truck stop was really, really out there. Um, the only thing on the menu was clam chowder. Uh, which was surprising because it was not a body of water within hundreds of miles in any direction. But yet they had clam chowder. Did not eat it. Um, Delicious. As I continue along driving, I looked out into the distance and I saw for the first time a mirage. I saw sort of like a watery-like substance uh, lurking in the horizon that I would never be able to reach. It's just something, it's an, it's an optical illusion that happens in the desert. And then I started thinking, elliptical illusion, what if instead it's just a dude in tights just rocking it on the elliptical in the middle of the desert. Wow. That's what Andy Dalton's wow. play made. Absolutely. I mean, listen, it's not our fault. Like, I mean, that is so hard to pay attention to that game just because Andy Dalton, you know? Well, we'll talk about it next because it's time for <laughs> the news. <laughs> it would be really helpful if I could. Ah, Terry, it's the news. Um, it, it was an NFL, we, I'd like to say weekend, but is it still a weekend when it continues on into Wednesday? It was uh, a but, full week, man. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got a little worn out at the end, to be honest. As you can see, my mind was wandering <laughs> during the last game. Um, the Raiders-Jets. The Jets yeah, almost totally sucked at yeah. tank. They, they, they almost gave away Trevor Lawrence to the Jags. And then Greg Williams, for no reason, in a Hail Mary situation, went with a no-high safety blitz, left a rookie corner out there to cover Henry Ruggs, who is insanely fast, and he catches the touchdown pass. Raiders win. Greg Williams gets fired. And Adam Gase still has a job. Wow, man. So, um, you know, I... I I, I guess when you say, like, there was no reason for him to blitz, um, I know what you're saying. And, and in a way, like, I feel like the media took a little bit long to realize that it was on purpose. Like, okay, he got fired. Definitely really, really, um, you know, the type of situation where you'd have to fire a coach. But I feel like he 
he probably didn't he probably um was told not to go with that go with like a prevent defense but at the back of my his mind is like wait a minute are we supposed to be tanking right now so that's that's the only explanation I have because I can't think of any other reason to have an undrafted rookie covering rugs. So I, I, do, I do want to add on. Someone actually did review a lot of the last play scenarios that Williams that, has been in. Was and he has, yeah, exactly. So he has called it before on many occasions, and many of them it actually does work. It, it because it puts too much pressure on the quarterback to be able to and launch that ball downfield quickly, sure. throw it on his back yeah. foot, throw like a duck or whatever it is, and they actually can make a play. That being said, exactly what you described, Duke, having a rookie cornerback against a four-two-seven wide receiver with no safety yeah. help whatsoever makes no fucking sense. So, have, Greg Jennings to the theory. rescue. I have a theory, um, and this is this is because uh, Duke Duke talked about how uh, the journalist didn't cover. Of the fact that this was actually a tank move, um, right. I call yeah. shenanigans. It wasn't that, yeah. I call shenanigans, and the reason why is because I remember last year, before the season even started, before the Dolphins even played a game, all of ESPN was calling the Dolphins disgusting, immoral. How can you do this to your players? You're ruining their careers. You're you're risking their bodies. Oh, interesting. The New York bias, the, 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 the Upper East Coast bias, since ESPN is situated, of course, in Bristol. Uh, interesting how now that the Jets are doing that, Mike Greenberg and company have nothing negative to say about the Jets. Only that it was a boneheaded call and celebrating the fact that they lost and celebrating the tanking. No, no, no. I call shenanigans. I see what you're doing, ESPN. I see what you're doing. I also thought it was, it was interesting because, look, in a way, I mean, yeah, that was a dime of a throw, and Derek Hart does crumble under pressure. And I think as a Raiders fan, it was kind of already a really disappointing game, even with a win. It, it was a win, of course, and you never take that away because football is just such a tough sport, and it takes so much, even when you're a terrible team. I mean, there's always a chance of there being a good, a good match, but Ruggs had a bad game, man. He had, like, a terrible fumble. He had one tip pass, 13 interception. He basically cost the, the, the Raiders, like, 14, 14 points in that game. And the Jets did play fairly well. You know, it didn't help that Frank Gore went out right away in the game with the concussion. You know, like, that doesn't help. Uh, but I will say, if, if there's one thing I need to talk about in this game, it's something that was really bothering me from the start. Um, you know, uh, there's a cor rookie cornerback playing for the Raiders, uh, David Arnett, and he has sustained three concussions in three games. And for some reason, I don't know, he was playing in this one at the beginning of the game. And as soon as I saw him in there, I was thinking, like, don't we care about concussions? Like, don't we just... So you get a concussion one week and all of a sudden you're good? I thought it was, oh, but I I mean, it was a bit of like... But Duke, but Duke this, is, this is the same league where Roger Goodell, with a straight face, yeah. said that the protocols are working. When we had a game on Wednesday, not only did we have a game on Wednesday, Des Bryant, who warmed up with his team, was pulled from the game moments before the game because he tested positive. So yeah. it doesn't surprise yeah. me that the concussion protocol is what it is, given the fact that their COVID protocols have been absolutely, absolutely laughable. Yeah. Um, and then, and then of course, first big hit that Damon Arnett takes out concussion. So it's like four concussions, four concussions in three games. Like, it's four kids. He's like 21, 22 years old. Like, so anyway, uh, great game, but, uh, I guess, I guess rug saved it. Um, so why is Greg Williams getting fired and not, and not Adam Gates? That's really what I'm on. Well, uh, my article tomorrow will explain several theories as to why. Uh, for now, though, I do, I do want to stay on Des Bryant. I, I, like, I kind of like the access we're getting from players these days. And it started, I feel like, with NBA players just feeling free to speak their minds. And now NFL players are starting to realize they have this power too. Des Bryant uh, basically came out, couldn't believe he tested positive, couldn't believe he, you know, he was being let out to warm up, then pulled, and he said, you know what, I can't yeah. deal with this, I'm done. I'm, good. I'm calling it quits. I'm, I, as far as I know, he's not retired, but he's calling it quits for the season. Yeah, but he also he also pulled that thing on Twitter before he announced it where he's like, should I quit? Should I call it? Like, I thought it was weird that his first tweet was asking people for permission in a way to, to call it quits, and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. It's over. <laughs> yeah, I guess, and then like, you know Twitter, right? So it's it's always the loudest 10% of, of yeah. any side of the argument. So guaranteed, it's like all the anti-maskers jumping on and saying, well, yeah, because COVID's bullshit anyway. You should totally quit. Teach the NFL a lesson. You know, <laughs> I can imagine that that's what he was reacting to. That Those were his supporters and allies in that conquest. 
Um, yet that that was only the second most ridiculous thing I saw in this game. I don't know if you saw this, Duke, but uh, early on in the game, Ravens up seven nothing, and Justin Tucker, as automatic as it gets, because he, he's getting ready to kick like a, a pretty routine field goal for him, and Joe Buck says, um, "Well, you know, uh, Justin Tucker hasn't missed this kind of kick in you know forever, whatever amount of time it was," and then he, he ends by saying. I hope I just didn't curse him. Good old jinx. was wide right. <laughs> Joe Buck, man, what you doing, bro? The worst, man. The worst. Like, do you like Do you like Joe Buck and, and Aikman as a uh, as, as a duo? I I don't like most broadcasters because I right. find they all say the same things, and therefore it doesn't matter who the broadcaster is. Yeah. Um, I I'm in the minority. Before you know, um, Dennis Miller was. Very, very heavily political. I thought his comedy stylings on Monday Night Football were great, uh, but they were largely unappreciated by uh, the average fans. Uh, I like Tony Romo just because of the enthusiasm. I think in general, like, like who does it? What does it matter to have Troy Aikman out there complaining about the the youth of the game? Like, he's not even giving us the insight that uh, he would have having been having. Being a Hall of Famer in that sport, all he's doing is saying the same kind of things everybody would say. So you don't like him? Correct. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's go. all about Joe Buck. He's a dirtbag. Um, Anthony Lynn had an interesting reaction to his loss. He compared the Chargers' loss to uh, Pearl Harbor. That this is going to be a rallying wow. cry for the team. Um, I thought it was a little intense. A little intense. This is where you fill in and say your part, Ook. Oh, I thought there was a sound clip. My bad. Uh, no, we don't have sound clips because we're on Skype. I mean, I don't know. I guess I, it's it's a coach comparing football to war. Isn't that what they always do? <laughs> like every week. That's I wouldn't be surprised point. if I wouldn't be surprised if every coach is compared some game to World War Two. You know, so. Um, it's so. funny because I I instantly thought of like early days of the internet where, um, you know, people the, the thing people did was the first. You know, first time someone disagreed with him, they'd be like, "Oh, you're like Hitler." Like he's he's the guy in the room that goes to Hitler too quickly in an argument. Nice. Like, um, he's the guy. And c- considering it was the 89th anniversary of Pearl Harbor when he said those comments, so that's also not a fun one. Yeah, um, why he definitely I, had better better times. Yeah, I guess he's he's trying to say that I guess the the, the Patriots are the Japanese, which would make sense, you know. But then that means that someone has to take them out. So what does that mean? I'm trying to I'm trying to dive deep into this into this analogy, and I'm just not getting it. So it means that they got bombed. Okay, I guess they lost forty five nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, the internal <laughs> thoughts of Duke. Anthony is getting fired. That's all I mean. That's all I need to say. Uh, I think yeah, he's I think- gonna get a year one pass because of Herbert and everything. Like there's he's making a lot of mistakes, but I think they're gonna let him go about half a season and then nuke him next year. Luke's been around for seven years, man. It's insane. He's been holding on to that job. I don't know how. But. I, I, I was inclined to agree with you earlier, uh, Eagle, but I feel like as time has gone on with Anthony Lynn there, his mistakes are getting more and more glaring. Oh, so and bad. So they're many constantly mistakes. being noticed by by the media in a way that I don't remember happening with any other coach. Like The media doesn't even criticize Adam Gase that way. Oh, that's right. It's because they're all Jets fans. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the other thing I don't, I, I would have to say that it's probably because he's in a really small. Like I know LA's not a not a small market. I get that, but the Chargers are a small market team in a sense because they're not really getting any attention whatsoever. So maybe that's probably what the pass is more than anything else. Like when I heard that 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 that, that Lynn has been coaching them for what six years, I was shocked. I didn't realize that he was coaching that long. You know, so I, maybe well, it's time. They did go to a conference yeah. championship two years ago, right? So. That got him a pass for last year. Yeah. And now it's the rookie quarterback. So he's doing all the things. I think I feel like he needs to fire someone to blame him. Like, oh, it was the offensive coordinator or oh, it was the defensive coordinator, you know, and, and throw them into the bus. And that keeps you employed for another year. Um but speaking of press conferences, uh, Duke, I don't know if you saw this. Baker Mayfield has been on fire with his press conferences. Last week he quoted Ron Swanson, um, of Parks and Rec fame. This week, he quoted Dwight Schrute of The Office. He said, and I, and I did like this, he said, um, I don't like making mistakes. I asked myself, what, what would an idiot do? And then I don't do that thing. 
which is a famous <laughs> quote from The Office. I really did enjoy that. Um, I, I, I like that it's still referencing stuff in our wheelhouse. What's the, what's the show do you think that at some point players will reference that we'll have no idea what they're talking about? Oh, you you mean like when uh, I get I get what you're saying because he's he's mentioning uh, a show that maybe some people don't get references from, right? Yeah, like like for example, like, like our our dad won't get that reference, right? But like you and I will get that reference. Yeah. That, that's that's from our era of, of TV watching where we we were the cool maybe, kids. Maybe maybe Rick and Morty. I, I mean, I guess uh, I'm trying to think of. What, but you're yeah, I can I can see a Rick and Morty. I can see uh, a family guy potentially too, like something that like they would kind of catch Sounds and be like, like oh, this isn't yeah. for me, you know. No, Maybe but like a, a the, web series on TV. Yeah. But what's the what's the new thing, Eagle? Um, where like we the, the the ones on this show, like our, our age group specifically, we're gonna see it and feel so out of touch and so old because we didn't get the reference. Which Heights? Maybe, one? but Eagle watches. I've that. never watched I've never watched it. I never watched it. Um, it's a good question, TikTok, honestly. I, I think yeah, maybe like a TikTok star uh, or there Snapchat. You go. There you I, go. Yeah, because yeah, they don't watch shows now. They just watch TikTok, right? So it's got to be a TikTok reference. Yeah, I, I feel like that might be it. That might be that's our <laughs> that's where we sort of lose touch with our audience and just die slowly. You, you um, know what it is though? It's a little bit different for us because pop culture is kind of ingrained in everything we do, regardless of its source, right? And we'll easily find it out. Versus some other things that our parents are like don't even know how to go find what that reference is. Whereas for us, it's kind of just very obvious. You know, like think about the first time you've seen a meme that you see exploding. What's the first thing you do? You go, oh, where's that from? And you go figure it out. You're like, oh, okay. And now I get it, right? And then, so I don't, yeah, I'm not sure if we're going to be caught as surprised as uh, some other people will be. Yeah, I guess so. And, and a lot of what we do is, is pop culture based, right? So I guess, I guess that in a way allows us to fake youth. Did you guys um, see that six yard, that, that six yard pass he caught? Pass from Landry, I think. That was a great catch, by the way. Yeah, like he so really nice. had to work hard like, for it. From the back, you know, so nice. So nice. Well, like so, I was I was actually thinking about Baker Mayfield when I was watching uh, a bit of that game on Sunday, and I realized like if you if we were just hanging out with Baker Mayfield like just on a basketball court for example, he would probably be the best athlete by like a long shot, almost like regardless of who we put out there who's not a pro athlete, right? And, and like he looks so unathletic, and then he makes a catch like that, and you're like, oh yeah, no, he's a good athlete. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's true. Like you know, when he when when it was at that touchdown celebration, he kind of slid in. He slid into the in, into the. He, okay, so Higgins catches. A, I think it's Higgins catches a, a touchdown, uh, and he does this kind of like fashion kind of strut, and and Baker Mayfield just kind of slides into the into the frame to take like guess like a, a fake picture, and that slide dude was so quick. I was like, if that was me, I would have probably torn my ACL. But it yeah, was so I quick. I would rip myself he, up. And, and in a way, he does, he's not known as being a quick player, like a quick a quick quarterback, you know? He's not known as being like Lamar or anything. But that's what I'm saying. It's not Lamar Jackson. It's not, right, right, right. Uh, it's not Joe Burrow or, or any of these guys who are known for being athletic. By the way, did you see what I did there? I went black quarterback. I went white quarterback. Yeah. Black. Equality. Professional like right it. here. Um, but yeah, so so but that just, that just goes to show you the intense uh, athleticism that we're seeing. Um, and then we see things... Like Daryl Bevel, he's now taken over as quarterback. Uh, sorry, as coach of the Detroit Lions, and we we did our show on Thursday, uh, so it was uh, around the same time as this press conference, actually, uh, where he talked about uh, his plans for Thanksgiving and what his family did before Thanksgiving, and they had all got together and went to a museum with him, you know, because they were in Washington, um, and his kids were there with him. And, you know, there's there's apparently no restrictions in the United States. You can do whatever you want amidst the pandemic. But um, he goes to the museum, and both of his future son-in-laws tell him that they're planning to propose to his daughters. Nice. And then he tells this story at the press conference, but the proposals haven't happened yet. Not right. Smart move. So... <laughs> It made me think of something specific uh, that happened to me in my proposal. But um, what did you think about hearing the story, Duke? Uh, I think maybe he was putting out feelers. He was trying to see if maybe someone has second thoughts. What do you think? <laughs> or or maybe he's like searching the crowd for like maybe someone will have we will have a, more to offer, right? Like, hey, this guy at the back, he looks intelligent. Let's get him to replace the meathead who wants to marry my daughter. Nice. Um, what it actually reminded me of, though, was 
I was I was getting ready to propose. Um, I had uh, the ring designed by a graphic designer that wasn't you, Duke, because I, I wanted yeah. to absolutely no one in my family will know until the last possible minute. Got it designed, got it made, got the ring in my possession. Um, I had told you because I wanted you there when we when I uh, you know proposed to my wife, and then um, finally I about a, about a couple of days before. I sent it, uh, a pic- I sent that picture to our family chat, minus my now wife, saying, "Hey guys, I'm going to propose. Here's the ring." Um, my dad calls Natalia, my, my wife, and says, um, "Hey, um, I had a couple of questions about this this weekend, whatever." And then he gets to the end of the conversation. He's like, "But what's the deal with that ring?" Wow, smooth. <laughs> and she says, "What ring?" And then, if you thought that was smooth. He says, oh, never mind, and then hangs up without saying bye. <laughs> so, Daryl Beverly... You took, too, you took too long, man. You took too long. That's what comes out of it. was a couple days before. It's too long. You can't give him that much information in that much time. You know that. I, I also love the story love. from Bevel about how one of his daughters is actually a softball player and they went to go smack some softballs on the weekend because she hadn't got a lot of practice in and one of the boyfriends took a softball to the face and the eye essentially and had to go to the ER to get stitched up and that's when he's like, oh, by the way, I'm going to propose to your daughter. Is it okay? And ask for permission while getting sutured. Like, just so stupid as a story. It's amazing, man. <laughs> Well, but like, it, 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 these are the things. So these are these are the 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 um, the elements that make your story worth telling in the future, right? Like, he's gonna be like, not only was my eye wrecked, but then um, my father-in-law ruined the surprise during his press conference, where he announced <laughs> it to America. Um, James Harden allegedly wants to be traded. Um, now, seventy-six is the team that's latest to be rumored, uh, or any contender. When I see this, I know a lot of people are bothered, but I just see someone who's doing what fans want them to do. Like, you want people to want to win, to put a, a, a preference on winning above making money. Yet, all I see in the comments is people saying, what, you turned down $50 million to, to go join another team, jump on a bandwagon? I'm like, he's literally doing the thing fans are supposed to want. I don't understand why... It is that even in 2020, even though we've already seen LeBron, KD, all these guys do it, this is still an issue for NBA fans. I mean, yeah, but that's not, what NBA, like... that's not what NBA fans want, though. You're, you think you're saying that that's what that's what they as individuals would want to achieve, but anyway, no, no, I'm saying want... that's what they, that's what they say. They always say, "I want a superstar who wants to win, not get paid. I want him to, I want him to to put winning above money." That's what Harden's doing. He's turning down a more lucrative offer, saying, "Trade me to a contender where I'm going to make less money." Yeah, I yeah, think I think the, they, the they thing you got to take into consideration. What you got to take into consideration? What you got to take into consideration? How's that? Yeah, Duke, okay. Duke, go, go, Duke, go. Duke. It, help, it would help if I actually would see Eagles face, by the way. Just say. No, it's too blurry. <laughs> <laughs> go, Duke. Sit, make your point. I don't know with the order. I, no, I'm just. I, I just. I just say. I just think that I can. I can understand. I can understand the frustration of, of, of any fan, but I also see your point too. That in a way, like. You know that's that's what we want. We want we want people to want to win and want to and want to uh, want to achieve greatness because that, that those are the kind of players that we want in our teams ideally, right? Like I know as a Knicks fan, like I would want, I would love to have a player like like Harden because I know how much he wants to win. But I guess that's not really what, what bothers people. It bothers the antics that that are involved in that. I mean, if you look at like the next morning, you see a new, a, a Washington Post article that comes out saying like the heart of the. Uh, the, the Rockets have to trade uh, Harden after this 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 uh, you know this, this despicable act or something like that you know so you you can see how the media also twists fans' point of view on this too you know um, but it really depends some some fans some fans are, are are mad at him for the way he's conducting himself and other fans are basically mad that they're just just not sticking with the team that they like that they have a, a jersey of you know so that's that's what it comes down to. If, if you're a star player in the NBA, signing a contract is a lot like a reverse job interview. Instead of going in and them asking you, you know, what do you see yourself in five years? You're asking the organization, what are their plans? And if Houston isn't going to go ahead and spend the money and build a competitive team that has a chance to win, if you're Harden, I would say, fuck it, I want to go win somewhere, right? So I'm not going to stay here if you're not going to build around me. Or if you are going to build around me, then show me what you're going to do. And if you're not going to do that, bye. So I well, think he's totally on, right Come here. on, though. I mean, they, they've, they've owned, all they've ever done is build around him. He's had yeah, but the guy, but the guy who built it is not there anymore. 
What's that? The guy who built around him is not there anymore. I know, but it's also not giving a chance to whoever the next management would be. I mean, and, and the thing too about, about Harden is that he hasn't really proven to be really much of a clutch player in the playoffs. Like he's had, he's had more memorable moments in the regular season, so, but, but when it comes to playoff performance, at, not so much. If you look at the usage rate, given that the playoffs is in the NBA is much harder than the regular season because you're playing a long series against uh, the best athletes in your league. Uh, there's, there's no days off. Um, a guy like Harden or Westbrook, for example, and I, I like those two because they're, they're two extreme usage players. So when they're guys who need to shoulder the load by continuously holding onto the ball, and Harden's game especially is getting hit. His job is to get fouled constantly. That's just the way he plays the game. It's not particularly pretty, but it is effective. That wears on you after a, a after a full postseason, right? So, like, I think he's just looking at it saying, like, my job could be easier if I work at X, right? And so I think, it, you know, we would understand that if someone said, hey, you know, you know what? I want to leave ESPN to go work for Hot Sauce Sports, knowing about an eye. But because it's an athlete and to perceive as playing games, it's like, oh, well, you know, he's taking the easy way out. Well, but like we all would if we no, could. No, I don't. Yeah, of course. And, 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 and whoever, whoever thinks that or says that is a complete dope and doesn't understand the NBA. So I do understand that. Um, I guess, but I can, I can, here's the thing with this, with this whole situation with Harden, I can totally understand the different perspectives as well. Like I can see fans saying, telling him, telling themselves like, we did everything you wanted. We, we, we built a whole system on it. You still couldn't win. We're offering you a great contract, you know, like give us a chance to rebuild and maybe we can find something better. The thing with, with, with Harden, I'm trying to understand is like, so what are the potential places that he can land? 76ers. If he was to go to the 76ers, he'd have to trade a piece in return, right? Um, well, here's the thing: is Maury's going to trade Simmons or Embiid, right? Because right. the thing about Daryl Morey is he's a guy who always goes for it, mm-hmm. and he's he's going to see that what's happening with Philadelphia isn't working, and he's not going to keep trying the same thing that doesn't work. He's never done that in his career, for sure. But I just i I guess my point is I don't see him being any more successful or less successful than what he has been providing so far because. I mean, I look, I look at the, the type of players that have been built around him in the past. Like, no, this can work really well with, with Embiid, for example. But the other thing I'm trying to figure out is who's to say that 76ers would even want to give anything to them because they know that Harden wants to leave. They know that. Like, they're not going to give a star player for, for Harden. They're going to give basically, you know, you know they're going to basically give trash because they know it's just like when Vince Carter wanted to leave the Raptors. They, they got a terrible deal out of it. They had to take on terrible contracts. So... Uh, you know, wh- wherever he goes, um, that team is going to have to give fork over all. Uh, is not going to have to give over much. So the Houston Rockets, that's where they're essentially going to be uh, hampered the most, and that's where I see fans being the most mad or, or whatever about it. You know, because of the 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 the, the unequal uh, the unequal kind of like um, I guess what the whatever they get in, in return won't be as equal. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, GMs have gotten pretty adept at. Look, if you're if you're taking a star, you're and, and and I'm trading away someone who doesn't want to be here. You're gonna also send a ton of picks my way. Look at look what the Pelicans did. Why would um, they? You know? Like why would they do it? But why not? Why not just hold on to them and say, you know, I'm not gonna fucking. Well, trade because there's no guarantee you'll get them the off yeah. season. Where if you trade sure, them, sure. you have a whole year to negotiate the contract. Right. That yeah. That's the idea behind it. Um, guys like Daryl Morey, who's now the GM of the 76ers, have made a career making those kinds of moves. Um, what's interesting, though, is people are holding Harden, you know, to the torch, saying like, you know, how can this guy do that? Yet the owner of the team, Tillman Fertitta, owns casinos, and the, there's questions about the legitimacy of owning it, owning a team while taking bets on the NBA, as the Golden Nugget uh, now is authorized to, to uh, be involved in sports betting. Right. I, I I understand that point. I don't know how exactly that would relate in this in this in this sense. I understand. I, I understand, but I understand well, see, your overarching like, point. Yeah, you, I, I understand. People that. are upset with a player doing something yeah. within his right and and not thinking twice about this owner who might not, maybe should not be owning his team, given well, that he has. No, but when 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 people are mad about the situation with Harden, what they're mad about most is that he's being offered a lot of money and he's not taking it. That's really what it comes down to. So they're not usually t- thinking about the the business side of, of 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 owning a team. For example, fans rarely give a shit about what owners do unless unless you're caught in a in a massage parlor. 
it's really what it comes yeah, down to. So, yeah, like, and, and, I, and I understand, and, and it's totally valid what you're seeing that in a way it's it's so unfair sometimes as that players are kind of held to this unfair standard where they can't have any freedoms in what they and what they, they choose to do. However, ownership can decide to do what they want and they never take any blowback. So, but at the same time, this is also what part of what why they get paid so much because they are the the front facing kind of um, you know image of what that franchise is supposed to be. So, yeah, um, they t- they take the heat for the owner usually. DeMar DeRozan's the face of his franchise uh, <laughs> with the Spurs, nice. and he came face to face with an intruder. Um, so I have a couple things on this. One yeah. is um, the, the the most terrifying creature to open a door needs to either be an NFL lineman or an NBA player, right? Like, there's nothing bigger yeah. that can open the door. Yeah. Like, maybe maybe a pro wrestler. Like, where yeah. do you, where, what's the what's the high water high water mark for you? Where if someone breaks into a home. What makes yeah. you shit the most bricks? So when I read the story originally, uh, the thing that made me shit the most bricks was the fact that he was just shirtless. <laughs> I think that, I don't know. Like, you don't even need to have a weapon. Like, I feel like if some shirtless dude walks in the house, I would be more scared of him than some dude with a knife, for example. So I'm like, this but guy's like, like, crazy, man. Four guy breaking into the house. Four guy breaking into the house. What's <clears> – so you're obviously scared seeing the six foot six, 220-pound DeMar DeRozan, right? But, like yeah. – because, because like Demar Rosen doesn't even look that big when he's playing, but that's that's a huge guy. So now, so, okay, what's, what's like what's yeah. the athlete where, where which you draw the line where it's like I'm scared of this, but anything lower I'm good with. Uh, for a couple of reasons, Dwight Howard. Um, <laughs> uh, Dwight Howard is what comes to mind. Um, the ESPN came out with a uh, with more details on this a few hours ago, and apparently um, it was his seven year old niece. That that basically ratted out this uh, this burglar. Apparently, she had seen him, and then she she basically like alerted the Rosen to what was going on. So that's nuts. So I, I and is, do we even know what happened? Do you know if it was a burglary? If it was oh, just to do that one signature? TMZ, TMZ reported as I was closing out the script. TMZ reported that the guy wasn't looking for Demar Derozan's house. It was totally an accident. Nice, he of was course. Looking for yeah. Kylie Jenner's house. Wow, but I mean, those houses are so massive, right? But, they probably all look. Also, nice. How I was is that say, better? You can, but you can play that off, right? Like you walk in, you see Demar Derozan in like a just big gigantic guy. And you're like, oh, sorry, I'm here to see Kylie. I guess I'm at the wrong house. Gonna leave, right? And just walk <laughs> yeah. away, no problem. But instead, you do the burglar thing and take things or whatnot. I don't know. As but also, a, but also, Eagle, like this is a stranger. He doesn't know Kylie Jenner. Like it's not better. Well, it, it's yeah. a better way to escape from, from the Rosen. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But to answer your question, though, I, I'm not sure if different sports would have different results, right? Like, if you broke into, like, an MLS player's house or someone who was in uh, Champions League or something, would they just, like, fall over and call the police or whatever it is? If you broke into a hockey player's house, would they threaten to fight you? Like, how would that all go down? So, hockey, you know, because they're missing teeth. Uh, yeah. Soccer, you, you know um, that um, it's a soccer player's house because without even touching them, they'll fall to the ground and pretend like you shot them. Um, but they'll look intimidating, though, right? They'll look ripped, but they're not going to put their fists up. They're just going to be like, yeah! exactly, exactly. I baseball, feel like a soccer I, player's house. Yeah, sorry, go go, please. Sorry, go. Baseball, I'd kind of be worried because you know they're on roids. And lacrosse, lacrosse would terrify me because oh, you got yeah, yeah. lacrosse would kill you straight up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lots of polos everywhere. Polo cues, polo clothing, Ralph Lauren polo. I guess that, there we go. Polo. That's that's the one sport to that's be terrified. I'm not worried. Is is polo? If people play polo, I'm not worried about them. I'll break into the house, no problem. Um, I agree. So switching gears a little bit. Uh, switching gears a little bit. I just want to get your thoughts here before we take a quick break and then head out to rapid fire. <clears throat> the uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, AHL affiliate, um, they have let their head, their head, their uh, like the head coach of their affiliate go, as he's been accused of sexually assaulting the assistant coach's wife. Um, Jared and Aaron Scald are the uh, assistant coach and wife in question. Um, it's just, it is one of the ickiest stories you'll ever read. Um, he was in the back, back of the car essentially making a move on the guy's wife while he was in the front of the car. Uh, drinks were had at dinner. I would imagine that, uh, you know, the you know Jared Scald wasn't his normal self. Maybe the music playing, couldn't really tell what was going on. 
the statute of limitations has expired, but Chuck Donatelli uh, relieved of his duties after an investigation by the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. And I'm sure, uh, well, there is a civil lawsuit that is following as well. So is this because the media dug it up, or was this actually all happening kind of covertly behind the scenes through the true... No, there's like a hush-up scheme also. Like they it were, was, they were just so kind the, of like a, yeah. The Penguins organization looked to cover it up and handle it internally at first. Uh, it's coming to light, Eagle, because uh, the Scalds filed a civil lawsuit. Lovely. Yeah. So Duke's got nothing. No thoughts. I mean, well, what do you want, what do you want me to say? I mean, it's an essentialism. <laughs> I mean, I guess it could be worse, right? You're yeah, assaulting you're story. assaulting the coach's wife as opposed to assaulting the players themselves, like it's happening in junior leagues. So win-win? Mean, question mark. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think there's there's uh, hairs to parse when it comes to sexual assault personally. Yeah, that's it. Like, I, I mean, am I supposed to play the devil's advocate? Because I will not. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to see what happened if I put you in an awkward spot. Um, yeah, so that happened in the sports. It is an important conversation. Uh, the thing is, uh, you know, hopefully the guy gets what's coming to him. I The one thing I don't understand when it comes to these situations, and, and the first time I was forced to face one of these situations is I always loved uh, Penn State and Coach Paterno uh, when I was younger. And then, of course, everything that happened with Penn State and uh, Coach Sandusky came, came to light. I keep wondering, why is it that teams feel the need to cover it up when – if they just absolutely crucify them to begin with, saying, you know what, as soon as we found out, we fired him, we pushed and helped help the family get legal counsel. Like, like, why isn't that the course of action rather than covering it up? Um, I, I believe it's probably like that because these dudes have no fucking balls, uh, which is number one. Um, but also it's because it tends to be like an old boys club where a lot of these guys, they, they tend to know each other very well. And, you know... They, 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 they tend to look at it like I, I'm gonna we're gonna figure this out in house. But whenever I've heard about organizations dealing dealing with things in house, it's always kind of bothered me. Um, not because I feel like everything should be public, no, and not because I believe that organizations are not capable of handling these things. But it should be public knowledge. I think that public shame is part of of, of identifying these things and is part of understanding the wrongs that people can potentially do in life and. Uh, I think that when it comes down to this, where there's this hush-up scheme or when people don't talk about it, um, it's even more har harmful because it doesn't uh, it doesn't make it evident that these things are possible. So it really comes down to just an old boys club in these senses, you know? I mean, I, that I, guy probably – yeah. Sorry, Eags, go. I, I think it's a little bit more complicated than that, though, because at the same time, it's also the whole thing of, well, if we don't say anything and we pretend it didn't happen and it's going to stop happening, do we really need to announce it, right? In that case, right, status right. quo, nobody finds out, and it doesn't tarnish our reputation. It doesn't give us any press that we don't really want on the issue until, of course, it all explodes and then everything comes tumbling down. But I think— But that's what I'm saying, Eagle. Like, the, the predatory act very rarely ends— and also, even at that, it's putting it's 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 deprioritizing an act that happened to someone. In this case, you know, specifically is criminal. Um, that's not something that should be handled in house. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, and especially when it comes to, I mean, we all have jobs, right? We all have that person at work that either says something stupid at times or does something dumb or whatever it is, and you kind of like, oh, don't worry about it. It's he's an idiot or she's this or whatever it is, and you kind of you know pretend it's it's nothing, even though at the end of the day, you know, it may kind of balance on that kind of like moral line but then there's some things where it's like yeah you, this can't happen like this has to stop we got to deal with it you know and i feel like some people don't have that line the more they start to know the person they try and cover for them and this is what you get well it also it also requires a lot of training as well like it's it's not the kind of thing that as an organization you usually train people to deal with until it happens and that's the that's well, essentially it's happening more is, nowadays, right? Like for the people, yeah. the, I'll call it, like you said, the old boys club, the, the the legacy people, that wasn't a thing, you know, that that just wasn't a way to deal with issues. Nowadays, it's very predominant and, you know, you have counselors and people that specialize in this and that specifically, I don't know about you guys, I've had like harassment training at work and the whole thing and how to deal with it and how to report it and the whole stuff. That didn't exist 10 years ago, 15 years ago, yet alone the people who took over the administrations, God knows when these were happening, right? Well, I was going to say, like, the, the Jerry Sandusky thing was a decade ago. Like, we should have learned in the last 10 years. Like, that was as public as it can get. That was as horrifying a story as it could be. Um, and it seems as though teams are just slow to, to learn on this. Um, there's no there's no easy way to transition out of that. Um, yeah. I thought there was going to be a break. 
So I mean, instead, I got one. It's rapid fire time. Brah, brah. No, we before go. that, though, before that, uh, <laughs> before we get to rapid fire, I just wanted to tell Duke that, my God, if you were looking to get some high-end barbecue sauce, you got to go out and you got to get yourself some Mike's barbecue sauce. Uh, Eagle, what is the promo co- code if Duke wants to save himself some money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, give it, give it. So what you need to do is go to mikesbarbecuerubmtl.com and use promo code HOTSAUCE10 on any individual bottles. I'll repeat that again, HOTSAUCE10 at mikesbarbecuerubmtl.com. All the individual bottles, you're going to get 10% off. And please don't forget to rub your meat. I was just oh. going to say, you know, don't be like Clark Donatelli. Rub your own meat. Um the other, the other uh, place you want to go to, if, 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 if barbecue sauce is not your deal, you like some hot sauce, you like lime hot sauce, you like pineapple hot sauce, some Carolina Reaper hot sauce, where can Duke go get that eagle? Uh, he can get that at uh, Chetty's Hot Sauce, to be honest with you. I don't have the exact website on uh, handy right now. I believe it's Chetty'sHotSauce.com or Chetty's.com. I don't know. It's on our site. We'll list it on the, the comments in this My video God. and everything. Go ahead and click it. What do you want from me? Put me on the spot. Eagle, eagle. Like, you're the producer of the show. After I did the first ad, did it's, you not uh, think I was going to go to Chetty's? I actually did it. No, Chetty's.com. Chetty's.com and go ahead and use Hot Sauce 25. You can also check out his, hot, his, his uh, Facebook page. He's got a lot of promotions there, too. It's pretty cool. Chetty's Hot Sauce also. Chetty's Hot Sauce.ca and Chetty's.com. And he's also got a Facebook page. All right? Just so get out there and get some sauce. If you enjoy what we do, do support uh, Mike's and Chetty's. They're great people. We love our partnership with them. They allow us to keep making the jokes and keep talking sports. Um, and remember, if you like what we do, the best way to support us is not only by supporting our sponsors, but definitely like, watch, subscribe. Definitely subscribe. Actually, I don't even care about the rest. Just subscribe. Give us money because we like money. Yeah, man. All right. Absolutely. Now we have rapid fire. Uh, there we go. Logan's pew, pew, run. Pew. Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul appear to be uh, going to be sparring in a match upcoming soon. Do you consider this an interesting fight or a payday as you get to watch Logan Paul get his face broken by Mayweather? I can't fucking do it with this guy anymore. I can't. I just hate. I hate Logan Paul so much, and maybe that's what makes it so good. I just. I don't get the the fucking appeal with Logan Paul. I just don't. Did you? Don't. Did you ever get to a point? Do you ever think you see a point, Duke, where <clears throat> Floyd Mayweather? Wouldn't be the one hated in a fight, where where oh, yeah, literally, never, never literally, that. we just want to see him break someone down, yeah. and like it's not even it's not even to be the payoff because Floyd Mayweather can absolutely break Logan Paul's face, except he won't do that. No, He's he gonna draw it out for three yeah. or four or five rounds yeah, and just absolutely yeah. embarrass him. Yeah. Can we can right. we get to the last round and then he laces him and just knocks him out? That'd so you get awesome. to watch That'd him awesome. basically Honestly, toy with his food you know until what? right at the I'm end. Carrying a point because Clarissa Shields came out and said that she would take on Logan Paul and destroy him. I think that would be the case too. Like the, look, the Pauls. I gotta give them credit. As annoying as they are, they've been training and they've been putting in the work. But it's different when you're fighting people who are uh, seasoned and champions in their sport. Next, mind your Mannings. Uh, Giants former running back Wayne Gallman has told TMZ a story of Eli Manning uh, crop dusting and then running around with the two were teammates. Uh, is this just good old-fashioned horsing around with your teammates, or is it fucking disgusting? I mean, haven't we all done this at some point during a football game? Oh, Peace has done it to me, absolutely. <laughs> like, in the huddle, straight up. Yeah. And we're just like, Peace. Yeah. He's like, oh, man. So, like, a couple of things. One, if you do it in the office, the key move to do is you go by the, the photocopier. You hit copy right before you let it go. That way, in case it's not silent, uh, you can just – you can worry. And then you walk by and be like, guys, what's wrong with this office? Did, you, did someone leave their lunch out or something? What is this? This is terrible. Um, the other thing I was thinking of, you see Eli Manning, and you know, you know that dude just had hard-boiled eggs for lunch, right? Like, yeah. that's, that's got to be, be the Eli Manning <laughs> special, so you know it was terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I can absolutely see that. I can't get out of my head now forever. Uh, next, not that white guy. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain and Istanbul Basakshir, I, I hope I pronounced that right, uh, saw players from both teams leave the field during a match between the two teams yesterday after an official used a racial slur directed towards IB's assistant coach, uh, Pierre Webo. Um, guys, considering soccer has been trying to be all about the respect and, you know, uh, the sportsmanship, kind of a bad sign if your officials are also in on it. So 
I saw I saw this, and the, the worst thing about this was actually the comment section. Um, oh, comment section is always the worst part of everything. But uh, this was particularly bad. People were like, "Oh well, you know, uh, the, the the referee was Romanian. Do these players even understand Romanian?" Guy, you're siding with racism. This isn't complicated. Just don't be racist. Don't you don't need to define people by their color. They're wearing numbers. There's yeah. literally a way that you can refer to them where you don't have to use racial slurs. Don't do it. I mean, he used the word black to refer to somebody. No, no. use no. another word. No, 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 but that's no, that's not what I'm saying. You know, let me finish. What I'm saying is the Romanian word sounds very, very, very close to the derogatory term. Either way, terrible idea. Shouldn't be said anywhere. Extremely racist also because who, like, would you ever refer to someone and say, just say, Hey, you know, this guy, you know, and then you refer to his skin color, like, nah, it's just super racist. Now, people people defending that, I mean, you got to just understand, man, people that do defend it on, on, on in any comment, you can just imagine what all of their comments are like. They must always be like this, you know? That's I definitely not the first comment. I saw this and I was like, man, calling people by the color of their skin, what is this, Washington? <laughs> yeah. But I'm just... I'm, I'm just trying to understand, like, what was the what was the point of, of that? You know, and especially when being being an official, an, an official working in a league that is trying really hard to change their 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 public per- perception of them. You know, like it's just a lack of an awareness. Is insane. Is insane to me. Next, an old flame. Boston Twenty Five News Channel <laughs> interviewed a citizen during a snowstorm without realizing it was former NHL player and Boston Bruin Jerome Aginla. Guys, hilarious just to see him being treated like just a regular, everyday, normal guy. I loved it. I kind of, I kind of liked it because Jerome McGinley wasn't like, um, you don't realize who you're talking to. I'm Jerome McGinley. Um, no, it was, did it was he, cool. Did like, he play for? Did he play for the Bruins? He, <coughs> he played at the end for the Bruins. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Um. So, and he was just saying, like, look, I'm like I'm Canadian. Um, we're used to worse, but it's not great. And and he's kind of smiling the whole way through it. You know what I mean? Like he's he's legitimately enjoying being a regular citizen. So I, I kind of find it cool. I really enjoyed it. I really thought it was fun. Yeah, I can I can just only imagine that as an athlete, like you know, you're probably fed up with people always like you know you can't even eat dinner in peace, can't go shopping in peace. It must be really nice, like almost like a compliment when someone doesn't recognize you. You know? Yeah. Uh, speaking of Canada, all Canada all the time. The NHL is finalizing up its schedule and its plans to return probably in January. And one of those plans includes having an all-Canadian division this season. Yeah. So Vancouver, yeah. Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Montreal, Toronto, and Ottawa. I think that's all of them. Uh, boys, your thoughts. Is that going to limit the amount of is, Canadian teams in the playoffs or what's going to happen here? Is this is this due to the COVID restrictions? I guess COVID Yeah, because it's traveling because Canada's borders closed yeah remember yeah. how we were talking about the nfl and they could bubble potentially in little like geographic segments and that's essentially yeah. what the nhl is looking at of well if we can have all the canadian teams kind of bubble together that would work out well well i i mean i uh, when you're saying that it would it be equal to less canadian teams in the playoffs well it would be better because we never have canadian teams in the playoffs at least not that i remember i mean who, who was in there last year <laughs> like all of them oh yeah <laughs> Okay, I'm such a I'm such a terrible hockey fan. Uh, I, I don't know. Literally I, all of them except Ottawa. I I never watch hockey. I really don't. I was I, I was really going with a gamble there, and I'm hoping I was right. Um, so we actually we actually had an article about this on HotSauceSports.ca talking about the Canadians' chances. Uh, should there be an all Canadian division? Uh, our hockey experts believe that we'd probably be near the top of that division, so I'd be pretty excited to see it. And last topic, what's the end game, Spence? Michigan pastor uh, Bart Spencer encourages his congregation to just go out and get coronavirus and, quote, get it over with. Um, is he looking for more donations for his pastor, or do, are there some empty seats up in heaven that he's trying to fill? I think it's a good idea. Let's just get it over with. I mean, but there's no, there's no guarantee. There's no reinfection. There's no guarantee those people will all survive. I think yeah. it's a pretty bad idea. Uh, that said, like the the the, the, the uh, pastors in this have been the best content for everyone. It's been awesome. Have you ever, uh, Eags? Have you ever been in that situation where uh, you just like just fucking get it over with, man? 
No, not at all. Especially when you don't know what the hell it's about and everything. You just, no you're sense just, you're, you're like, you're on the couch. You're, I guess, Packers are getting. I mean, they never get destroyed, but they're getting, they're losing to the fucking Vikings by like twenty points. Yeah, chips all over your fucking mouth, barbecue sauce all over your t-shirt. Just get it fucking over with, man. Get it over with. Do I sound like a Raiders fan? No, I don't have that experience. <laughs> man. Dude, that, that Jets game, man, I'm telling you. Oh, it was bad. It was really oh, bad. So bad. So uh, bad. Peace isn't coming back, just, is he? Nah, I'll just send it this way, man. Just, just get it over with, bro. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, music is playing. So thank you, Duke, for coming on on short notice and being yeah, our no, guest. No worries, guest. Guys. No worries. It was uh, fun. Your camera is good now, by the way. So whatever you did, it's know. working. I don't, I don't fucking get it. I don't get it. Uh, thanks to me for doing what I do, I guess. Uh, thanks to yeah, me for walking away and allowing us Dude, to this do is, this. This is the... Isn't this the, the Georgia uh, runoff debate? Isn't this, isn't this what it was like? Yeah, basically. It's just, it's just you talking at, to no one. And yeah. uh, don't forget it's, to like and subscribe on our Spotify and our YouTube. If you haven't already, we definitely appreciate that. Leave us your comments. And also, new, we have a Facebook group to go along with our page. So feel free to join in and have some conversations with the staff and the media team. We'll be happy to go ahead and engage with you. Until next time, you've been listening to Hot Sauce Sports. Stay spicy and uh, watch your meat or whatever the sponsorship is. Beat your meat. Don't forget to beat your meat with cherry sauce. Eat your meat. No. It's, uh, rub your meat.